Hello, and welcome to the Christ Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Matthew Best. I serve as pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Allison Hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. If today's message connects with you and what you're going through, brings you inspiration, or offers connection with God, I ask you to please stay on after the message for just a few moments to learn ways to connect with the congregation and the health ministries that we offer. And now, let's dive into God's Word. A reading from Genesis. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He instructed them, This is what you are to say to my lord Esau. Your servant Jacob says, I have been staying with Laban and have remained there till now. I have cattle and donkeys, sheep and goats, male and female servants. Now I am sending this message to my lord that I may find favor in your eyes. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, We went to your brother Esau, and now he was coming to meet you, and four hundred men are with him. In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups, and the flocks and herds and camels as well. He thought if Esau comes and attacks one group, the group that is left may escape. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, Go back to your country and to your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed the Jordan, but now I have become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me, and also the mothers of their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper, and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. He spent the night there, and from what he had with him, he selected a gift for his brother Esau, 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30, male, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows and 10 bulls, and 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He put them in the care of his servants, each herd by itself, and said to his servants, Go ahead of me and keep some space between the herds. He instructed the one in the lead, When my brother Esau meets you and asks, Who do you belong to and where are you going and who owns all these animals in front of you? Then you are to say, They belong to your servant Jacob. They are a gift sent to my lord Esau, and he is coming behind us. He also instructed the second, the third, and all the others who followed the herd. You are to say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. And be sure to say, your servant Jacob is coming behind us. For he thought, I will pacify him with these gifts I am sending on ahead. Later, when I see him, perhaps he will receive me. So Jacob's gifts went on ahead of him, but he himself spent the night in the camp. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. 
Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and have yet and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In seminary, we study a lot of things that have lots of big names. <laughs> there's, there's this uh, thing called family systems theory, which is about relationships in families. It's about why people do or what they do in relationship with other people in whatever you want to call a family in healthy ways and in unhealthy ways. And there's a whole dynamic and you get into words like triangulation. When there's a fight that's going on, it's typical that there will always be a third party brought in to ease the tension and to help settle things. Because now all of a sudden you've got a two to one ratio of who's, who, it's opposed to just two people dealing with things. Lots of, lots of interesting stuff, lots of theory and also very practical. When I, I, I think about that because of our reading, our reading is about family dynamics. Does anybody here have a perfectly healthy and so-called normal family? Anyone? <laughs> <I can laugh. laughs> That's great. I love it. That's awesome, right? There is no such thing as a normal family. I, right? No such thing. And, and none, none of us are normal. None of us have perfectly healthy relationships with everyone in our family. We have times in which that happens, right? But we're human. <laughs> We're human beings. It's not possible for us to have perfect relationships, especially with the people that we live with, especially with the people that we're related to. My, it's, just, it's always my hope, and I've kid around with this, that I just hope that I don't screw my children up too bad. <laughs> You're laughing, Grant. It's true. I just want to make sure I don't screw you up too much. That's, that's, my, that's one, of, one of my goals, right? When you take a look at this reading, it's long, and there's a lot of context. What do you, what do you notice about what's going on in this, especially around Jacob? Because I think there's a lot that we can relate to in this story, whether we're relating to Jacob or some other aspect of this. What do you... What do you notice about this, especially relationship-wise? What do you hear? 
Nothing? Competition? Wait, okay, yeah. When you are in trouble with somebody else, you, instead of going to the person that you're offending, you usually try to find somebody else that's going to make your, you look a little bit better than what you do. Right, instead of when, when there's a disagreement, we always try to send somebody else to do this. You know, part of this too is I'm an only child. I don't know what sibling rivalry is until I had children. And, uh, you know, so what, what, what are some other things that you see in this dynamic of this, this story that just very, are very human? What do, what do you see in that? What did you hear? It's the first time I've seen wrestling. Wrestling. <laughs> I, you know, this is, this is what boys do, right? Oftentimes, you know, I, I'm sure girls have wrestled too in, in families, right? I'm waiting for the story about the cat fight that happens and, you know, I don't know, whatever. Um, yeah, there, there's, so there's a lot of interesting dynamics, you know. So Jacob, uh, his story, so his, his father is Isaac, okay? And, and remember, Isaac is uh, the son of Abraham, and, and remember last week we had the, the, the story about the promise of Isaac, and then Isaac is born, and then what was not part of that reading is a little bit later, Abraham will be told to go and sacrifice Isaac. Imagine what that relationship is like at Thanksgiving. Uh, and, and so now it's Isaac has Jacob and Esau, and when Jacob and Esau are born, they're twins. They're both in their mother's womb. And when they're born, Esau is the older brother. And he comes out first. And the story is that Jacob is literally clutching his brother's heel. That's part of where the name Jacob comes from. It has to do with heel. And so it means uh, a life of conflict and striving. That's what Jacob means. So this, this is when, when they named people... It had more to do with a description of who they were than just, oh, I like that name. No, it was like names have, have meaning in this. And so, and Jacob, the story is that Jacob would steal his, his brother's birthright. Isaac was blind, and Isaac is ready to bless his children, and he's going to give the, the birthright blessing to Esau, and so he tells Esau, hey, go out and you're a hunter. Go get some food and we're going to eat together and I'm going to bless you. And in the meantime, uh, Isaac's wife says, well, no, Esau ain't getting this. My son Jacob is going to get this. So he dresses him up. He puts fur on his arms because Esau is a very hairy man at this point. And um, Isaac can't hear well either. And so he gives Jacob, under false pretenses, the blessing, the birthright blessing. And then he runs for his life because Esau is not happy. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and so he runs for his life. And so then he goes out and he meets up with Laban, who he works for. And he falls in love with one of Laban's daughters. And the trickster, who Jacob is, who is a life of struggle, gets tricked by Laban 
who had promised, if you work for me for seven years, you'll be able to marry my wife, my, uh, my, my daughter, uh, Rachel. It gets to the end of the seven years. He gets Jacob drunk. <laughs> Doesn't realize that really what Laban does is give his other daughter in marriage. And so now, now what? So he said, well, if you work for me for another seven years, then I'll, I'll give you my other daughter. And so this is what happens. So Jacob has this life of constantly tricking and being tricked. It's a constant struggle in his life. And where we pick this up is now God has told Jacob, you're going to now go back to your homeland, and I will bless you. And in the back of his mind, Jacob is going, "Um, my brother is there, and we did not leave on the best of terms. He wanted to kill me. God, you're sending me to my death. This is what's going on. And so, but Jacob is faithful, and he believes the promise. But he still has that kind of like manipulative side. He wants to do things. He wants to strive. He wants it to work out his way. And so he goes, and we hear this story. And in the midst of this, we see, well, he's going he's gonna to face Esau. And so he sends out all these herds. I mean, this is, I cannot imagine how much this is worth. But it also says how well Jacob has done for himself. That he's able to send out, this is not his entire herd that he's giving away. But it's a lot of his stuff. It's a lot of his property. It's a lot of value that he is sending to try and ease this relationship, a form of reconciliation. And as was said in the Bible study, I think, John, you had said, you know, notice that he sent his servant first (laughs) as opposed to himself. (laughs) Because he's like, well, you know, if this doesn't go well, well, it's just one of my servants. (laughs) Uh, Too bad for him, I guess. (laughs) Right? He's always in this, this mode of watching out for number one in this, Right? And, and so then he, uh, he keeps sending, and then what happens is we hear that he's all alone. Everything has been sent, and now it's just Jacob. He can't manipulate anything. He can't control anything. It's just him. It's him and his name. It's him and his name, and that's in the middle of the night, The debate is, is this an angel? Is it God? Is it Esau? Is it Esau and God? Is it whatever? It's some kind of divine person. We'll call them, we'll call this person God. Wrestles with Jacob. And Jacob is beating him. This is an all night wrestling match, a dark night of the soul, in quite a literal sense. And Jacob wants a blessing because that's what Jacob has always wanted. That's been his story, is right from birth. He's always wanted the blessing. And the man asks him, what's your name? Jacob has everything that he ever wanted. He has everything he ever needs. So this is a different type of blessing. It's a name change. You're no longer 
a life of conflict. That's what Jacob meant. You're now Israel, which can mean striving with God and winning, or it can mean God striving, God fighting on behalf of. Jacob is completely stripped of everything, and it's only then that he can actually receive a blessing because everything else is no longer in the way. It's only then. And not only does he receive this name change, but he's hit his hip. He becomes disabled. It's what we would consider it, right? But this is a part of the blessing because Jacob can't now run. He can't do what he did in the past. He can't run. He can't try to manipulate. He can't try to steal and then go. He's got nothing left. It's just him. And so now he has to limp and he has to face Esau. He has to face him face to face. And he can't just talk his way out of it. He can't run. He can't do anything. He now has to come face to face with, what have I done? What do I need to do in order to write this? I'm no longer life of conflict. I've now been blessed to change, to strive for something different, for a way that God works. I wonder in our lives, in our relationships, whether we're talking about family and however we define that, what is it that we strive for with family, with friends, with those we care about? Especially when we have conflict, when we have struggle, what's most important? And how sometimes money is, Sure, other things, time, right? All those type of things. But is our relationship most important? It should be, right? We have a relationship with lots of different things. How does God bless us and change us? How does God rename us from who we have been to how God is calling us to go forward? to dealing with whatever it is that we're dealing with. Sometimes we have to just be completely stripped of things until we're able to finally listen, until we're finally able to be blessed. Sometimes a lot of stuff gets in the way. This is why we do confession and forgiveness at the beginning of worship. It's to strip away the stuff that gets in the way of our relationship with God that we have put as more important than being with God and following God's ways. Not because God is this, you know, oh, you got to do this, that, and the other thing. No, because God wants to be in relationship with us, to bless us. And the point of the blessing is not, I read this just this morning. I thought it was fascinating. The point of a blessing is not a bucket where the blessing goes in and then we just hold on to it. The point of a blessing is like a pipe that it comes through. Mother Teresa talked about this. She said, 
She's like a stovepipe, like a, a, a curved stovepipe. God's blessing and grace comes down through and blesses her. And then from there, the stovepipe goes out and blesses everyone else. Blessings from God are not about for ourselves. They certainly are about us, but they are to then be blessings to others. And what happens later in the story is that Jacob, Israel, will bless his children, his grandchildren, and take that blessing on to further generations. How are we being blessed? How is God blessing us? How is God changing us and transforming us? And how is God telling us, I'm inviting you to do the same with others? Because none of us deserve it, but God still blesses us anyway and transforms us to utilize us to carry out God's work of spreading grace just all over the place to as many people as possible. Yesterday, or Saturday, was it Friday? Sorry, mixing up my days. I was over at the Pennsylvania Capitol because we're working on um, something that I've been involved in the last few years is the Memorial Blanket Project. And we're gonna be doing this at the uh, Pennsylvania Capitol. Blankets made from folks from all over the place. And the idea is to do advocacy, to raise awareness around homelessness. And those blankets are then handed out to organizations that get them into the hands of folks who are unhoused. And so we were doing kind of a dry run to see, get a measurement of the space, of the steps. And when I arrived there on Friday, I parked my car on State Street and there was a guy, and I'm figuring out the, the, um, the parking meter and all that kind of great stuff. And there was a guy who obviously had spent the night in front of one of the churches. And he's just like, oh, man, it's a beautiful day today. And so I struck up a conversation with him. Really nice guy. And I just asked him, I, you know, how are you doing? Do you need anything right now? said, no, I'm doing all right. I've got my cardboard and, uh, you know, it's, it's not the best to sleep on or anything, but you know, I'm getting ready to go get some food, hopefully. And, and then he said, but I'm experiencing, you know, I got some pain in this places and especially my mouth. And I'm like, well, I'm the pastor of Christ Lutheran Church. <laughs> and we have these clinics. Can you get over? And, oh, that's great. And he, you know, it's great to be able to bless him with that, but he was a blessing for me as well. Here was a man who has everything with him, and yet he had such an outlook that was such a blessing that no matter what he was going through, he knew God's presence. He he pulled, there was a flyer in the door, and it was from somebody that had some kind of issue with that church as far as trying to say, oh, they're going to hell and this, that, and the other thing. And here's this man who is unhoused, who's in pain, and he says, can you believe this? Can you believe that somebody would take all this time to write all this stuff out as opposed to doing something for somebody else? Wow. What an unbelievable blessing. 
This is a man who was blessed that, you know, I'm, by the time I came back, he was gone, and I'm like, well, maybe it was entertaining angels, I don't know, whatever. But, but I felt blessed in this interaction with him, getting to know him just a little bit, be able to share what I can share with him, and him also sharing with me a piece of joy, a piece of blessing, and a blessing that he was able to give me as well. That's what, that's what these stories are about. That's what these stories are about. It's about how we live together. It's about how do we interact. It ain't going to be perfect. But we can be blessed. We are blessed by God. And we are a blessing to others. That's what we keep in mind. We're going to be all right because God is with us. God is present. God is active. And God blesses us. Thanks be to God. Thank you again for listening to the Sermon Podcast. I'm always happy to have a conversation or pray with you. Please reach out either by email to pastor at christharrisburg.org or call me at 717-236-8382. I'd also invite you to be part of worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're a very diverse, open, affirming, and laid-back congregation. Christ Lutheran Church is located at 124 South 13th Street in Harrisburg. Parking is along the street. You can enter the building through the side entrance on South 13th Street or at the corner of 13th and Thompson Streets. And lastly, check us out on the web. Our website is ChristHarrisburg.org. There you can learn more about and offer your support for the congregation as well as the health ministries and free clinics that we provide to people in need in our neighborhood. I invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram also at Christ Lutheran Harrisburg. Thank you. I look forward to connecting with you, and I pray that you have a blessed week.